Good morning, everyone. It's lovely to see you. I have been asked this morning to bring a word of encouragement um, to church. So my encouragement, in a nutshell, is God is good. Great. Nice and easy. But God is good all the time, no matter what, regardless of how you feel, the circumstances surrounding you, or what the world says. God is good. Fact. It seems like such a simple phrase to say, a throwaway thing almost meaningless enough really to discard, to be honest. We use the word good so much in our day-to-day lives that we don't even probably think about it. In fact, I quite often, if I was describing something that I'm enjoying, I would try and find something, a better word than good, because good doesn't feel good enough to describe what it is. But I looked up the definition of the word good, and it means, well, it's a noun, which means that which is morally right. So actually, to say that something is good holds quite a bit of weight. To say that God is good means to say that God is morally right. So God is good. He is the very definition of good. He is the origin of good. For me, to say that God is good is a phrase that I cling to. It's something I actually didn't even realize I was doing until my husband, Eden, pointed out to me that whenever things are difficult in our life or I'm not going through a very good time, I always go, but God is good. Because when there is nothing else that I can utter, God is good. And when life is tough, and I'm going through a particularly difficult time, sometimes all I can say is God is good. In late 2021, that was one of those times in my life, we were going through a particularly difficult time, and I was the lowest I've probably ever been. I was very, very sad. I was just sort of feeling like that I was at the bottom of a ditch. And if the analogy is that I'm in a ditch, to be honest with you, I didn't even really want to get out. I could say I was trying really hard to climb out and I just couldn't find the way. But actually, if I was in a ditch, all I did was sit down in the mud. I was like, I am heartbroken, I am raging, and this is where I live now. I'm going to feel these feelings forever, there's no way out. And I remember crying and telling God how I was feeling and then crying out to God, that sadness would turn into rage. And then I felt guilty because I was raging and I was talking to God about that. So then that guilt, I would take to God and talk about that and it would just turn back into rage as I was processing all these feelings. And when I was feeling like that and going through that rollercoaster of emotions, I did not feel like praising God, let me tell you, like at all. I would come to church and sometimes I would stop singing in the middle of worship because I was just feeling so sad and so sorry for myself. The only thing that I could cling to was the truth that God is good. And that remains the same no matter what. And I know that to be true. And though I don't understand why some things happen, God is good. When it feels like life is unjust, God is still good. And I think that saying that and knowing that is a really good place to start when we just don't know where to begin praising God. Because I think that there's healing in praising God. 
It's so, so important for us to be able to praise him no matter what our circumstances are. Sometimes, certainly for me, it's a little bit self-indulgent when we come before God and decide not to praise him because of how we're feeling. God deserves our praise and it's in mercy that he brings us healing. Today, we're going to have a look at Psalm 145, which is a psalm of praise written by David. So we're just going to read through it together, and then I'm just going to give a few thoughts that I have on this psalm. So it says this, I will exalt you, my God and King, and praise your name forever and ever. I will praise you every day. Yes, I will praise you forever. Great is the Lord. He is most worthy of praise. No one can measure his greatness. Let each generation tell its children of your mighty act. Let them proclaim your power. I will meditate on your majestic, glorious splendor and your wonderful miracles. Your awe-inspiring deeds will be on every tongue. I will proclaim your greatness. Everyone will share the story of your wonderful goodness. They will sing with joy about your righteousness. The Lord is merciful and compassionate, slow to get angry and filled with unfailing love. The Lord is good to everyone. He showers compassion on all his creation. All of your works will thank you, Lord, and your faithful followers will praise you. They will speak of the glory of your kingdom. They will give examples of your power. They will tell about your mighty deeds and about the majesty and glory of your reign. For your kingdom is an everlasting kingdom. You rule throughout all generations. The Lord always keeps his promises. He is gracious in all he does. The Lord helps the fallen and lifts those bent beneath their loads. The eyes of all look to you in hope. You give them their food as they need it. When you open your hand, you satisfy the hunger and thirst of every living thing. The Lord is righteous in everything he does. He is filled with kindness. The Lord is close to all who call on him. Yes, to all who call on him in truth. He grants the desires of those who fear him. He hears their cries for help and rescues them. The Lord protects all those who love him, but he destroys the wicked. I will praise the Lord and may everyone on earth bless his holy name forever and ever. And I'm like, amen. Every time I read the psalm, I want to finish it with an amen, but it's not actually in there. So, But I just think that that's such a beautiful psalm, do you not think? It was, it's a shame because actually it gets lost when we translate it in English, but in Hebrew, it's an acrostic poem. So for me, I read this psalm and I think this was written as an A to Z of how good God is. I mean, come on. It's brilliant because it's so creative and expressive and I just love that. I've really enjoyed reading over this psalm and listening to it and taking it in. Every time I read it, it's like hearing it for the first time. Something new will jump out at me. And I'm sure if I ask everyone here today to tell me what they enjoyed most about that psalm or what spoke to them in this moment, we would get loads of different answers. What we're going to do is just break it down a little bit. And I'm going to talk about what jumped out at me from this psalm. So the first few verses we'll read again together. I will exalt you, my God and King, and praise your name forever and ever. I will praise you every day. Yes, I will praise you forever. Great is the Lord. He is worst, most worthy of praise. He's not worst. I'll read that again. Great is the Lord. He is most worthy of praise. No one can measure his greatness. So the, the psalmist repeats four times that they will praise God. 
every day, forever. It just states, I will praise you. It doesn't mention in what circumstances God will be praised, just that he will be praised every day, forever. Now, I really love that because it's like the psalmist is determined to put praise in God before his circumstances. Now, can we say the same for ourselves? Praising God can actually anchor us in our hardest moments because no matter our circumstances, God is good. So when things are hard and we choose to praise God, we draw ourselves closer to God. And the repetition in those first few verses reminds me of how important it is to praise God. And it's something that we can do on our own. It's something that we do as a collective when we come to church. Praising God, it's such a unifying and universal thing. If you're talking to someone else who's a Christian, a fellow believer, then you can praise God together. We can differ on some details. You can debate scriptures and disagree over where you stand on certain subjects. But we are united in the God that we worship and we can worship him together. We can praise God and we can speak of his greatness. I read this psalm recently with my papa and we just read it together and we discussed it and what it said. And my papa and I, we go to very different churches. We don't agree on absolutely everything in our faith, but we spoke in total agreement about how amazing God is. We poured over this psalm together and both just rejoiced in how good God is and what this, this psalm says. And it was just such a beautiful moment to like, not debate any details, but to just simply praise God together, to highlight and to gush over God, the God who unites us and who deserves our praise. And the first few verses, for me, also point forward to eternity where we will literally praise God every day, forever. And that, in and of itself, fills me with so much hope and such a sense of peace knowing that my future is secured. If we move on to the next few verses, five to seven, they say, I will meditate on your majestic, glorious splendor and your wonderful miracles. Your awe-inspiring deeds will be on every tongue. I will proclaim your greatness. Everyone will share the story of your wonderful goodness. They will sing about the joy of your righteousness. These verses, again, sort of talk about the individual and the collective. It starts with meditating on God's majestic, glorious splendor and his wonderful miracles. Meditating on God's character, on who he is, is a great place to start praising him. You will never ever run out of things to say because God is infinitely good. And if you start by listing off things about God's character, you will find yourself praising him. These verses also mention wonderful miracles. So perhaps you can look back on your life and see God's hand and thank him for what he's done for you. Maybe God has performed literal miracles in your life for you to be thankful for. I have received miraculous healing. I'm not going to go into the full story today because we don't have time, but God healed my foot. And now, quite often when I'm worshipping, I can feel my feet sinking into the ground. It's like the Holy Spirit is gently reminding me what he's done for me. As I'm praising God, I'm reminded of his awesomeness. So we can praise God for who he is and for what he's done. In verse 6, says, your awe-inspiring deeds will be on every tongue. I will proclaim your greatness. This, in a nutshell, is who I want to be. 
I want God's awe-inspiring deeds to be on my tongue, and I want to be proclaiming his greatness. Because I think that if we are spending our time praising God and declaring his goodness in our private prayer time, that is going to naturally start to spill out into our day-to-day lives. That's who I want to be. Because in life, whatever it is that we're passionate about is what we talk about. The things that you enjoy doing, the things that you spend your time on and think about are naturally what you're going to then talk about. And I don't know about you, but I want to be intentional about praising God and have that be the passion that spills out into my life. If we move into verses 8 to 13, the Lord is merciful and compassionate, slow to get angry and filled with unfailing love. The Lord is good to everyone. He showers compassion on all his creation. All of your works will thank you, Lord, and your faithful followers will praise you. They will speak of the glory of your kingdom. They will give examples of your power. They will tell about your mighty deeds and about the majesty and glory of your reign. For your kingdom is an everlasting kingdom. You rule throughout all generations. The Lord will always keep his promises. He is gracious in all he does. Well, this speaks of God's character and talks of all of creation praising him. This whole psalm looks forward to a time where we will all join together to praise God, even joining in with the rest of creation. And I think that we often get a glimpse of that when we worship together at Falkirk Vineyard. I think some of the sweetest times of worship are where we are all singing our own songs of praise, all at the same time. And to our ears, it sounds messy, and it it feels a bit awkward sometimes to shout out your praise without being conscious of the people around you. But isn't it so beautiful to be all together and all shouting out our own songs of praise? And it might sound messy to us, but God hears our voices individually. And I'm sure to God that collective coming together of individual praise will be a sweet song. In verse 8, that we read there, the Lord is merciful and compassionate, slow to get angry and filled with unfailing love. It rolls off the tongue. It's such a common uh, and well-known verse, but it's really good to just pause and think about it. The Lord is merciful and compassionate. It's interesting to me that both of those words are used here. And this is the most common description of God in the Old Testament, so it must be important. Mercy means compassion or forgiveness shown towards someone whom it is within one's power to punish or harm. The Lord is merciful. And compassion means sympathetic pity and concern for the sufferings or misfortune of others. The Lord is compassionate. God shows us mercy and compassion. He sees our suffering and he is concerned. God is there to comfort us no matter what it is we're facing. Not because we deserve it, but because of who he is. This makes God so approachable because we know that when we go to God with anything, he is ready with mercy and compassion for us. God's love is truly unconditional. And in verse 9, it repeats that God is compassionate. If you're in a bad place, I think verse 9 is a great verse to cling to. 
It sounds so gentle to me that God would shower his creation with compassion because he loves the world that he's created. It's such a beautiful image, isn't it? That you can't help but be soaked when it showers. So we can't help but just be absorbed um, and take in God's compassion. It's just like he looks over creation and has compassion over all that he's made. The Lord is good to everyone. If you were in doubt at any point about God's goodness in your life, I think this verse really confirms it. Verse 13 there is another verse to hold close. It's so important to know and to believe that God keeps his promises. God is truth. So when he makes a promise, you can cling to that with absolute certainty. And God is gracious in all he does. So often, I have to choose to be gracious towards people. And sometimes, I get to the bottom of my grace tank. And I think, I have given you so much grace. But God doesn't like that. He doesn't even have a tank to hold his grace because it's just ever flowing. And it's so hard to imagine and, and get our minds around the fact that we can keep going back to God and his grace is constant, it's everlasting because it's who he is and it's who we aren't. But God is gracious in all that he does. And the rest of this psalm is just such a great source of hope. It talks of what God does. In verse 14, man, sometimes it feels like our burdens are more than we can bear, doesn't it? I've felt like that, but I just don't know how I could possibly keep going. But life just feels a bit dark, and I'm just struggling but he can lift us up because the Lord helps the fallen and lifts those bent beneath their loads. So if you are bending under a burden, like it says in verse 14, turn to God. He is ready to lift you up and help bear that burden. Have you ever been going through a difficult time and asked God to help carry the weight that you're carrying? Because the Bible tells us that God will take our burdens. In Psalm 55 verse 22, it says, give your burdens to the Lord and he will take care of you. He will not permit the godly to slip and fall. God in his mercy and in his love will help us through our hardest moments. He is our comforter and he is our strength. God is so, so good. Verse 1 to 13 of this psalm, I read whilst like punching the air with excitement. I'm like, yes. From verse 14, I read it with tears in my eyes as I realize how good God is. When we feel heavy, like I described at the beginning, how I was feeling at the end of 2021, we can just start by remembering that God is good and let our praise flow from there. God deserves our praise because of who he is. Sometimes we are just crying out to God in desperation. And we can cry out to God because he is good. And praising God in these times, please hear me, is not ignoring your circumstances or pretending that everything is fine. Quite the opposite, in fact. When we choose to praise God, even though we're hurting or going through something difficult, we are inviting the God of mercy and compassion into our circumstances. In James chapter 4, verse 8, it says, draw near to God and he will draw near to you. And praising God is a way to draw close to God. 
And God and his mercy and his compassion and in his love will draw close to you. In praising God, you're inviting his presence. And I sort of picture that, that praising God and inviting him in as God embracing you as you worship and as you praise him. Thank you, God, for your mercy and your compassion. Verses 16 to 20 speak of God's kindness and his power. Our God is mighty to save. He can satisfy our every need. We may not always get what we want, and we may be praying for something that just isn't happening. But I encourage you to praise God in the moments of grief when it feels unfair. God is just, God is righteous, and we should praise him because of who he is. God is good. He is that which is morally right. God is inviting us into relationship with him to restore us. So let's be people who cry out our praise to our Lord and Savior. Let's pray together and for each other and in our requests, praise God for who he is. The psalm finishes, verse 21. I will praise the Lord and may everyone on earth bless his holy name forever and ever. Amen. See, you can't help it. So I'm going to I'm going to wrap up here. We're going to move into a time of ministry.